0: Good morning, Family, great to see everyone. If you are a guest today, thanks for being here, and being a part of our assembly. It is wonderful to have you with us. Now, if you are from our area and you are a guest today, thank you so much for stopping in. Want you know that we want you to be here anytime you have a chance. And if you're from somewhere else and you're passing through and you stopped in today, thanks for being here. We're glad that you're here and want you to know that you are welcome uh, in our assemblies anytime. And make sure you, next time you come through, you make sure you stop and see us. Uh, it is great to be with family. Great to be with people who love and who love me, and uh, we lean on one another, and we try to make it through uh, whatever we, uh, whatever happens. We know that um, with God's help and with each other's, that we'll be all right. Uh, our Lord is coming back. Amen. Amen? Our Lord is coming back. This is not the end of it. As a matter of fact, this life that we're living is basically just a drop in the bucket, a beginning to what our Lord has in store for us when this life is over, and we look forward to the day that He comes back. This morning, I'm going to be talking about love is... And love does now the interesting thing about that is that uh, you might know that there's songs by those titles love is and love does there are books by those titles love is and love does so I wonder today if you might be asking the "Well, oh, tell me about it tell me about what love is and what love does well it's interesting that in our Bible there is a definition there is something that we can read that will explain what love is and what love does as a matter of fact it came from the first it came it, you can find it in the same verse and that's this John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Here's the answer to your question. This is how we know what love is. Okay, so here's going to be the answer to your definition. So we put a little dots there, and we say, put it in quotes. This is how we know what love is. You can write this down. Here it is, all right? Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. If you want to know what love is, that's it. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. As a matter of fact, that's not the only place He says things like that, is it? Right. He says, if you want to know what love is, all right, you look at what, first of all, if you want to know what love is, God is love. love, right? All right. As a matter of fact, if you remember Jesus' words, he says that greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus says, all right, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And there's more to it. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, if anybody has material possession and he sees a brother and sister but he has no pity on them, how can the love of God, true love, real love, how can it be in that person, right? If they don't have pity on the brother and says, Dear children, let us not love with words and speech. Now, I don't think he says don't love with words and speech. I mean, you can use that, but his, but his point is don't just try to love with words and speech because that's not, that's not really where it is. Where it is is but with actions and in truth. Your love should be something, you can say it, I guess, and that's fine. But if you don't show it, and that's what Jesus did, if you don't show it, then is it truly love in the first place? If you don't have pity on your brother and sister, if you don't, have, if you don't lay down your life, in other words, you can, you can see what love is and what it does. So, first of all, I noticed that what love is, Jesus explained, is that Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I'm so thankful that our Lord has explained to us what love is supposed to be and as Jesus says there's no greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends it reminded me as we did a couple of uh, a couple of days ago uh, Veterans Day and those that have laid down their life were really willing to risk their lives for me and for my freedom and I hope today that you are so thankful for those who are willing to give up their lives for your freedoms have the things that you greater love had no man than this that he would lay down his life for his friends and I have I have family members and you might too that did that gave up their life for their people and I'm so appreciative that they did that matter of fact I was thinking this week as we uh, elected a uh, new president I got to think you know I live in a country where we are free to vote for who we want to you know not every country gets to do that right And it's a privilege for us to be able to do that. Even, and and, and Randy mentioned the, the, uh, uh, what do you call them? I almost said revolts, but uh, protesters, right. Even the protesters. We live in a country where you have the freedom to protest if you want to. Now, it should be. Uh, uh, within the law, and, you know, uh, you shouldn't do things. And I got to thinking, as I I was watching, they showed a little clip of of some protesters, right? You got the right to do that. You live in a free country. If you want to protest, protest. But I noticed one time they were burning a flag. And I thought, now, wait a minute. The reason you can protest is because you live in the United States of America represented by that flag you're burning. It really didn't make much sense to me, right? But I got to thinking, you know, this is a wonderful country given to us, freedoms given to us by those who are willing to sacrifice. Greater love had no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. I see people that lay down their lives so you and I could have the freedoms that we enjoy. I hope that a couple of days ago you were appreciative of that, but I hope we're always appreciative of that. People that would give so much for us. Now, of course, it all pales in comparison to what our Lord did because he knew that sin had to be sacrificed for. And he gave his life so that everybody, not just one country, but any person in every country could have the forgiveness of sins. Our Lord did that because he didn't want anybody to to be lost. His love is so great that he would do anything so that people would have the chance to have the forgiveness of sins. That is the love that our Lord has for us. And if you want to know what love is, that's the picture of it. But it also goes further than that. It goes to the point that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. In other words, it's the idea of action. Moves forward. All right. And I hope today that we can see what love is. Love is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. But it also is that we're gonna lay down our lives for others. It's what love looks like, it's what it is, and it also what it does. Now. Some things I'd like to think about. First of all, I'd like to ask you this question. Though. Well, what about all those works that you're doing to show in your love? Does that have anything to do with your salvation? Is that going to cause you to be saved? And I know we talk about this some, but it just I just want us to remember, okay, that because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It's by grace that you been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. Not by works. You can't boast about these things. Right? In other words, you don't, you're not going to do anything to achieve this. So the answer to your question, do, do works have anything to salvate? No, your works won't save you. And that's not, my, that's not really what I'm talking about this morning. What I'm, the works I'm talking about is this. Does salvation have anything to do with works? If you remember the love that God had for you, if you see that Christ gave his life for you, then what would you do for him? You see, that's, that's the way that works. So when you see what the picture of what love is, well, yeah, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. But really, when you think about it, what our Lord is trying to get us to see, it's not just about remembering and seeing that Christ laid his life for us, but it motivates us now to lay down our life for others. What would we do for someone else? How would we give our lives to other people? This is over in James chapter 2, verse 22. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous because what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. He put it into action. And so therefore, this morning, I'd like for us to think about our love. All right, If we want to know what love is, we want to see what, and I know that all of us want to love our Lord our God. We want to give everything to our Lord. So today I want to remind you, yeah, love is Jesus Christ laying down His life for us, but it's also us laying down our lives for other people. What would you do to help someone else know about Christ? What would you give or give up in order that someone else might know about our Lord? Well, a couple of things I'd like you to think about, and that's I have uh, mentioned this before, but it's that if-then principle. You ever, ever heard of the if-then principle? If you love me, then I will... Love you. If you take out the trash, then I will cook the supper. <laughs> that's kind of, usual, kind of, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you do this, I will do this. Okay, all right. If you're kind to me, then I'll treat you kind. And oh, Okay, that's, that's the way that we kind of look at it, right? Well, I think we can apply some of that if-then stuff that motivates us when it comes to God. I mean, think about it. If we have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Anybody got any encouragement from being united with Christ? Hello. Here's the deal. Wait a minute. Let's just just do a raise of hands. Anybody got encouragement from being united with Christ? Oh, okay. For those of you listening on the podcast, (laughs) it was unanimous. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, The idea being... Guys, we have something so wonderful, so special to be able to be united with Christ, to be able to be his child, to have him in our life. And we know that. And it just motivates us and moves us. Matter of fact, it's something that controls every day of our life. Would you guys say amen to that? I mean, it controls our work. It controls the way we act toward people. It controls our relationships with, with people that treat us badly. I mean, we don't, we don't respond like other people do. We, in other words, we have love for everyone. Why? If we have any encouragement, if you do, if you got any of that encouragement from being united with Christ, oh, it doesn't stop there. If any comfort from his love, okay, I won't ask you to raise your hand. You can nod your head this time. Anybody got any comfort from the love of Christ? Here's the deal. When I read these things, do you have any comfort being united with Christ? Any comfort from love? Any fellowship with his spirit? If any tenderness and compassion? Anybody feel those things? All of us that are God's children say, oh, man. When you think about what Christ has done and we think about how he has taken your sins away and has given you the chance for all eternity and the sacrifice that he made, oh, why do I have encouragement? Why do I have a tenderness with him and a compassion and the things that he has, what he, what he has done for me? If you have any of those things, then, I'm not making this up, you're reading it with me, right? Then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and in person, purpose. Purpose. Be one in person, that would be tough. We're all different. Okay, one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of us should not look to our own interests, but also to the interest of others. It changes us. If Christ has done this and we feel those things in our life, then things are different. So therefore, when you, when, you, when you think about, well, wait a minute. There's nothing we do so that we can achieve salvation or so we can have this. Sal- no, no, no. It's the if-then principle. It's because Christ has done these things. It's because we have Christ in our life. Then we'll give him everything. We don't hold back. It all belongs to him anyway. I was thinking about Dennis's class. No, on Wednesday night, if you missed that this last week, he was talking about the idea, I think it was stewardship was last week, uh, about the idea of everything you have belonging to Christ anyway. It's all his. And if you think about it, everything is his anyway. So therefore, if then, if Christ is who he is, and if you've been comforted by, if those things have happened to you, then what would you hold back from other people? What would you say? No, I'm going to keep that. It's not yours. If then, if We have this in our life. If Christ has done these things, then it's all yours. We use it for our Lord. No matter what it is, our our, our strength, our time, stuff that we have, whatever it is, it all goes to serving other people if Christ has done that in your life. Now, I realize that's a big if, because for some, they choose, no, I'm going to reject Christ. I'm going to keep him out of my life. I'm not going to let him be in my life. So therefore, maybe you don't feel any comfort from his love. You don't feel united with Christ. And if that's the case, then I could talk about anything and all kinds of stuff that you might do for other people, but you won't do them. Matter of fact, you won't even want to do them because the first has to happen first. If you're united with Christ, if you have comfort from His love, if you feel that compassion, then that'll happen. It's the if-then thing. Well, if Christ has forgiven us, if that has happened, then we strive for unity, Then these are things that you just read. We aren't selfish, and we serve other people. If, then. Now, think about it for a minute. When we talk about that, we're striving for unity. We want to be together. I thought about this verse over in John chapter 17. Do you realize that that's what our Lord wants? Praise that we could have. My prayer. Who's saying this, by the way? Come on now. Look it up if you don't know. All right, John. Chapter 17, Who saved? Our Lord is saying this. Jesus Christ himself says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Do you think our Lord wants his people to be one? Hello. What's wrong? We need to turn the air on. I got, we get that heat on, everybody says, oh, I love it. feels so good. Look like at a long sleeve shirt, you lean back. I understand, I understand. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you, all right. What I notice is what our Lord cares about is that His people are not divided. They, are not, they don't have division. They stand as one. They are true to His Word and to Him, and therefore they will be one in everything that they're thinking and doing. Now, I don't mean by that that it is conformity. That everybody has to look the same. Everybody has to have the same kind of ideas, the same kind of characteristics, same kind of personality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we are one in Christ. We believe in Him. We've given Him our life. They're our brothers and sisters. And together, we are standing for what our Lord says. Unity. Unity among His people. That's what He prays for. Father, and this is how He he describes that unity. Father, just as You are in me, and I am in You, may also... May they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. You want the world to believe that Jesus Christ came from our God in heaven? Oh, wouldn't that be nice if we get everybody to believe that? Here's one of the ways you can do it, all right? By being unified as our Father and His Son are, so therefore we are to be one with Him and one with one another so that we can show this. It happens. Yes, people see it and they want to see. It. I hope that they want us. I have given them the glory that you gave me talking about those people that are following that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The love of our God is powerful and it motivates us to unity. But it also motivates us not to think about ourselves. One of the things that happens when you become a child of God is your human nature changes. You guys agree with that? Now, it might not happen immediately, but hopefully, through our study of our Lord and to see what God says in His Word, the way He asks us to act or the attitudes to have, what we discover is that it's not about us any longer. It is about Him, it is about others. So, therefore, we change from the normal human way, which would be it's all about. Me, right? All about me. I'm selfish. I'm self-centered. I, And if you talk to people, matter of fact, if you talk to me a lot of times, what you're going to see is I'm, I'm self-centered. I'm selfish. And that is not the way God's children are supposed to be. It's supposed to be that our lives are now centered in other people, in our God, not in us any longer. Selfishness is something that we have to struggle against every day. Anybody agree with that? Oh, every day we struggle against selfishness. And I hope today that you decide it's not about me. My life is dedicated to my God and dedicated to others. Therefore, I'm putting others above myself. Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. Did you know the Bible said that? Whew. What? Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. Well, here's another one. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Is that, could that describe your week this week? Could that describe what you did this week? Now, if you're like me, I'm saying, oh, maybe not so much. Remember. God's children, if then, if Christ has done all these things for us, why would we put ourselves and exalt ourselves, consider others better than ourselves? Well, one more thing I noticed though, and it comes down to this idea of loving God, we give him everything that we are, right? but also we love others. Now when I talk about others, what I mean is our family. Of course, I'm talking about, matter of fact, if you won't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel, okay? You provide for your family, you work for your family, you serve your family, you put them above yourself. So you should do that. Matter of fact, just people in general are supposed to come above you, all right? And when I think about that, I'm not saying that, uh, uh, well, I, I should just do whatever other people say I ought to do. And I'm not talking about doing what other people say you ought to do. I'm talking about you conser- your concern is for them above your concern for yourself. You want them to know about Christ. You want them to have Christ in their life. And so therefore, your concern is more for them than it is for yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but that's tough for me to do. But that's what our Lord has asked us. If you remember what Christ has, done, remember all those things that He has provided, then can we not sit back and say, "You know what? He's done everything for me and I want him to have my life, so therefore I'm going to try to let other people know about it also, if and then? And also, of course, I'm talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Precious people in our lives. Today I'd like to encourage you. Matter of fact, we have, you can see around the building today some spots where some of your brothers and sisters might not be here today. I'd like for you to be concerned about them above yourself. Think about, well, what's going on? Are they okay? Where are they? Are they hurt? Is there something happening? Is there struggles? And what's going on? And put them above you and say, I'm going to find out. I mean, that's one of the one of the situations that you do have some control over. You know what I mean? Now, when I talk about people in general, well, you really don't have a lot of control over that. I mean, you can be kind to people, and you can try to talk to people, but there's not a lot. But with your brothers and sisters, you know their phone number, right? You know where they live, you know what I'm saying? You can say, hey, brother, hey, say, I'm concerned about you, didn't see you there, what's going on, you're know, you okay? And in other words, you have control over that. Put them above yourself. Well... Those are things that our Lord has showed us. That's what love is. That's what love does. If you want to say, yes, I love God, well, then that's what love is, and that's what love does. Make sure that you're putting that into practice. Now, to close up, I'd like to ask a couple of questions. First of all is this one. Do our actions reveal our commitment? If Christ is at the center of your life, if you've given him your heart, then do your actions reveal your commitment? If your answer to that is, well, Maybe not as much as they should, but unless let's decide today more. We're going to do it. If anyone has material possessions, in other words, if you've got stuff, if you see a brother and sister in need and you don't do anything about it, then you might be asking yourself, I wonder if the love of God is really in me. In other words, it's all about other people. Other people. Matter of fact, if you find yourself not thinking about others, step <laughs> back and ask yourself. Dear children, let's not just love with words and speech, but with actions and in truth. I'd like to encourage you today. Don't just love with words and speech, but love in action and in truth. We have as our logo, if you notice at the bottom of this one, it says, showing God's love in all that we do. The idea is, well, we know what love is, and we know what love does. And really, if you think about it, the love that Christ has for us is the ultimate in what love looks like I mean if you want to know what love is he shows you what it is but then again if you think about it as he goes on well and you we ought to love other people just like Christ loved us showing God's love in all that we do if you look inside of your life and you know that you're not loving God you've answered this question well do I love God well you've answered it because you're not thinking about others you're not striving for unity you're not making sure that you're not being selfish this morning let's all decide our God is first we're going to put him first we believe that he's real we believe that he's coming back so therefore if that's the case then he has a heart soul mind and strength if he doesn't have